Uh, let's find out a little bit more with uh, sports. Uh, we're chatting to Jean Fester now. Uh, one of the coaches of the year nominees, Jean Fester, joins us on the line. Congratulations on your nomination, Jean. Oh, thank you very much. Up against some tough opposition there. If you see, uh, you have a look on Pizzo Mossomani is up there. Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. And also, obviously, Pani Ants uh, as well. And uh, obviously, after her... Uh, 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 time in Rio and her being so famous, I think it's going to be a very <laughs> tough lineup. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about you. How, how did Jean Fester become from athletes to coach? As you know, I think it's almost a natural progression. I think um, I got injured, uh, quite badly injured, Achilles tendon injury in back in the um, late, late, late 90s. Um, as a matter of fact, 1998, the end of the year, I uh, moved up in distance and I did some pacing work, some rabbit work at the New York Marathon and uh, after that hurt my Achilles really badly and uh, took a year off and um, started coaching because I had a nice group training with me anyway before the injury and uh, so yeah, the one thing just uh, went into the other and um, started coaching and enjoyed it and you know made a bit of a comeback um, with my athletes, started coaching Ezekiel Sipping mm. and um, actually trained with him, you know, for a year or two, right. up until about 2003. But then I realized I was getting a bit too slow and too old for them. <laughs> uh, you, you spent some time overseas. You know, we always think of that as a new thing where athletes have to go overseas to make their careers. But you, you spent a lot of time overseas. Yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, went to uh, University of Nebraska, um, actually coincidentally the f- same university that uh, Penny Haynes ended up going a few years later, you know, after me. But uh, yeah, a, a few South Africans went with me, including uh, Nas Boerter's wife, uh, Karen, Karen Kruger, she was Karen Boerter. And uh, yeah, we were quite a few South Africans that went to Nebraska. And uh, fantastic five years there, had a lot of uh, international exposure and, and also, in, 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 you know, with hindsight, uh, into coaching. And, um, yeah, came back to South Africa. Obviously, South Africa was still banned. And then uh, tried to uh, run in Europe uh, for a few years before we actually got allowed back in 92. But obviously, it wasn't so successful, but spent a lot of time in Germany. And then uh, from 92 when we were allowed back, um, you know, I was kind of a little bit at the end of my career, but I, I at least had a few good years in Europe up to, you know, the end of 98 when I saw my Achilles tendon, you know. So up until then, um, I think the experience in Europe um, between 90, 92 and 90, uh, beginning of 90, uh, or the end of 1998, I, I basically spent all that time in Europe, you know, as, as much as eight months a year. Sure. So I think, yeah, everything adds up and you learn from everybody. And even today, I think you keep on learning. Things that must have changed so much from then. I mean, banting wasn't even around in the 90s. It wasn't even a word that existed. So uh, how do you keep up with modern coaching techniques these days? Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, well, talking about it didn't exist in, the, in that time. Remember also the Internet, internet didn't exist and cell phones <laughs> yeah. didn't exist. So, you know, communicating with, with people and, and, and so on was very tough, uh, you know, in the early 90s running in Europe. Um, you know, we used to use faxes a lot and, and pay phones. But anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, I think you. I think you always, you know, keep up to the latest uh, in 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 research in terms of coaching and 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 physiology and psychology, etc. But you know, um, it's interesting also that um, uh, you know we we in Potchefstroom work a lot with uh, international federations who all come and train here um, during our our summer months. And um, it's interesting when you work with um, so many, especially European federations, that a lot of the coaching, I could call it techniques or 
philosophies are, are, you know, they don't change that much. And yes, there's some new ways of doing things and obviously a lot of assistance in terms of recovery and injuries and injury prevention, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of things just stay the same as well, you know. So I, I, I spent a bit of time last year in Poland at one of their major Olympic training centers, Spawa. And interestingly, a lot of the gym equipment has gone back to the old school, you know, Soviet Union type um, <laughs> uh, uh, um, equipment and, and training techniques, you know, in, in Poland. So it's funny how, you know, it's almost like a wheel turning and, and a lot of the old stuff actually still works well today as well. It, it must be something that you, you must talk to your athletes about all the time. This doping saga in athletics must be a big thing. As a coach, I imagine you must get quite frustrated when you, when you see athletes or your athletes not able to win medals because of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, a, it's, it's something we have to stamp out in world sport. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's also very difficult for clean athletes um, to make sure that they abide by all the rules because, uh, number one, you know, um, as any other normal citizen, you, you end up sometimes getting sick or, you know, you, you feel down and you drink a multivitamin or you right. buy something at the pharmacy. And lots of times we've seen cases where uh, there's products that are contaminated or products that, that are just um, allowed in pharmacies that, that are illegal. And, you know, with, with athletes not always knowing what they can and can't use, um, people do get caught for stuff that they don't really intend using, you know, and, and that, uh, that even goes as far as nasal sprays and cough mixtures, etc. Um, obviously, all the athletes want to work together and, and stamp it out, but it is very difficult. And, and also, uh, you know, the, the whole testing procedure, you know, in athletics, uh, when I speak specifically about the IWF in athletics for many years now, they've got a program called the Whereabouts Program, mm. which is a program where every single day, you, you, they have to know where you are and, and you have to have an hour time slot that they can come and test you out of, out of season, out of competition. And that's very difficult to do. You know, sometimes with, even with modern technology, you can send an SMS or an email to say, well, I'm not going to be at the place that I should be tonight because I'm going to a movie or whatever. And sometimes they don't get that, you know, and, and technology <laughs> drops you. So it is very difficult, but the athletes and the clean athletes really play their part and they try very hard. To, to make sure they take the right products if they use any supplements, etc., and also to communicate properly where they are at all times. Jean Fustel, what makes a good coach? I think it's, you know, it's, it's more a holistic uh, philosophy, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think most coaches would agree that, uh, you know, the, the, um, the plain programming and, and writing of programs, etc., is such a small part. I mean, you can take programs off the Internet if you mm. want these days. Um, I think it's, 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 you know, a holistic view of the person you're working with, um, you know, and, and uh, many people have asked me what's the difference been with Custer over the last few years, and that is exactly the, 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 the difference is, you know, she's happy. Um, she, she, uh, she focuses on her studies a lot, um, and, uh, you know, she, she's healthy um, and, and balanced, you know, and I think um, from a coaching point of view, I think you, you become almost a parent or a mentor for, for a lot of athletes. Yeah. Obviously, it's a bit different than in team events, but, but even in team events, I think coaching is a lot more than standing next to the, the track or the okay. field and, and shouting a few instructions. You know, I think it's trust and communication and um, a lot of little things where, where athletes start um, becoming more like family than an athlete, and I think that's very important. Are you voting for Castor for Athlete of the Year? 
obviously. <laughs> yes, no, she's had a she's had an amazing season and what an amazing person as well. You know, she's she's extremely humble. She appreciates everything and uh, just a lovely person to work with and a lovely person to have in our group. Were you with her through the dark times? Yeah, well, I, I started working with Kasa a little bit more than two years ago and she was going through a really bad patch in terms of injuries, um, in terms of, you know, she was really unfit and um, struggling with, with coaching with Maria Matulu, who wasn't a fantastic person, Maria, but she was she was hardly ever around. And, and it was really a, a, just a, a really bad patch for Costa. So when she started with us and moved to Potterstrom, um, it was a matter of just doing basics, you know, back to, back to basics and making sure the injuries were sorted out and that they don't come back, you know, but of proactive um, conditioning. And, uh, yeah, just starting at the, at the beginning again, and we got her to, to enjoy it in the group and um, the group and, and the other athletes, you know, guys like, like uh, Andre Ulisir, Alroy Galant, Jerry Matsal, etc., Nigel Amos, they all one big family, and um, she really enjoyed it, and, and she contributed to the, to the group tremendously. You know, she, she had a big impact on the group in a positive way. So, yeah, it was just fantastic going through a year where, we, from the start, we said our main goal for the, our first step is the Olympics, and that it gives us a whole year to, to get her conditioned again, get her injury free, you know, put some time and effort into studies, and, and just, you know, settling down in Potterstrom, and, and we did that quite well. And then in 2016, we really started focusing on the Olympics and, and so on. Not, not that, you know, you don't have any problems. We had some small niggles and, you know, a little bit of an injury towards the end, but everything ended up quite well, and, and I think we had a fantastic season. Jean Verstappen, good luck to you at the awards, and as coach of the year, good luck to you and uh, <laughs> up against Pizza Mossamani. I think you're going to have a tough task, but you're nominated, so it's always good news. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, but uh, fantastic just to be nominated, and, and uh, it, you know, it's all due to the athletes being mm. such fantastic athletes. Jean Verstappen, thanks very much for joining us, uh, coach of uh, some of the best athletes in the country, possibly in the world as well, and uh, nominated for coach of the year at the SA Sports Awards.